You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Frank. Run lever. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my element, like going sign. Thinking it's no that I'm the coldest wine. Get hip to me, cause I'm Mr. Freeze. This victory with a frozen gun. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of The Overflow with me, MC Brooks, here on the GGR Podcast Network. Got a really fun episode lined up for you all. Going to be talking about BlurredCon 2022. Convention just ended. I got a lot to say about it. But before I get into that, make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as some of our other podcasts like At The Diner and FedCon. In addition to that, make sure you're following us in all of our social media accounts. We're, we're Great Geek Refuge on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook, where we have a very active Facebook community. And if you'd like to support us, we are also on Patreon. We actually just redid the tiers for our Patreon, and there's some really cool perks on there. So uh, be sure to look us up on Patreon if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and, and help us continue doing this thing. All right. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So... BlurCon 2022 just wrapped up a few days ago. Um, I'm recording this on the day that I normally would be releasing an episode, but I needed some time to not only recover from the convention, but to gather my thoughts together uh, so I could talk about it objectively um, because I did have fun. I, I had a lot of fun at BlurCon, right? And I have two differing perspectives in which I participated in this convention. And so I want to talk about my experience at BlurredCon from both perspectives. I want to talk about it first as a performer because I was fortunate enough to be performing uh, Friday afternoon at BlurredCon. But in addition to that, I then also got to uh, go through as a member of the press. Uh, and just a, you know, as just a fan of BlurredCon, you know, I got to go and enjoy the convention and kind of take it all in, take photos, participate in panels, you know, so on and so forth. And so... I, uh, I'm going to divide the podcast into, into two different things, So, as, uh, which are what I just mentioned. First as the performer, then as, as press. So speaking strictly as a performer, um, I had a great time. I w- I'm very happy that so many of my friends and people that I knew from the internet all showed up today or showed up uh, at the convention to support me. And whatnot, I got some really cool footage of me performing and also my, my, my boy, Full Control, also performing with me. Big shout out to him as well. Um, so, yeah, the performance itself was great. But I, I, re- I, I do have to say that everything kind of leading up to it was kind of, uh, was kind of weird to me. Um, I mean, I got contacted a week before the convention, uh, which feels very last minute. It didn't affect me all that much because it gave me like I, a week is more than enough time for me to put together and practice a, a set list. Uh, and I know my songs pretty well, so it wasn't hard to kind of figure that out and figure out uh, my outfit and, you know, when I needed to be there. But, you know, I was I was asked to submit uh, a, like a professional photo 
and the bio because they were going to make an announcement. That never happened. And it was kind of frustrating because I held out on making my own announcement because I thought BlurredCon was going to make an announcement and then I'd just be able to share it and be like, hey guys, like look at what's happening. So that didn't happen, unfortunately. But, I, you know, like no, hard, no, really, no real hard feelings because I still did manage to promote it uh, when I did announce it and I, I was still able to you know, get a ton of people to, to kind of come out. But also in addition to that, like even when I, when I went to go uh, set up, to get set up, like my, you know, my experience with, uh, uh, with, you know, going to perform literally anywhere is, you know, you go in, there's a soundtrack, you make sure that, you know, your, your vehicle for playing your music, whether that there, whether that's uh, MP3s that you've bought on like a, a flash drive or you're playing it off your phone or your, or your, or an MP3 player or something that you kind of, you kind of have all of that uh, like squared up beforehand. So like I got there like probably about uh, 10 minutes before I was to, to start. And I went there kind of like, I expected there to be someone out there playing music, but I kind of just expected that, you know, I'd be able to, you know, kind of get set up and do a sound check really quickly. And, you know, lo and behold, like no one really knew much of anything. Like they didn't know I was performing until I said something. They had no expectations for it which was kind of wild to me because I'm like, if people are supposed to be performing, like there should be a, a list, you know, the, the people who are running sound, the DJ on the stage, like everyone should be, should, should be aware that, you know, there are people who are going to perform. Like I'm lucky that I didn't like, I didn't have a band or I didn't have anything else that I really needed to set up other than an aux cord to you know, play my music off of. But, um, yeah, like that was just that was just kind of it was just kind of weird because uh, I really felt like I was just kind of standing around for a bit. And like I wanted to kind of like it didn't help calm my nerves <laughs> much at all. Uh, but uh, fortunately, I did manage to uh, I did start late, but I did manage to get on stage. And once I got on stage, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, I didn't have any any difficulties hearing my music or people being able to hear me or anything like that. Like it was all it was all fucking uh, it was all great, you know. Um, but yeah, I just, I just thought that that was all that, that, that part of it was, was kind of weird to me. Cause I really did think that it was going to be a bit differently. Um, I know that like, uh, blurred con in particular, in particular, uh, in recent years has kind of like done things kind of late. Like, I don't think the, um, the schedule for the event even came out until like two or three days beforehand, but it was a little bit weird. But all in all, like I said, I had, I had a good experience. Um, I hope if I'm invited to perform next year, like I, I do hope that there is uh, more formality as far as like announcing who's going to be performing and even having like a dedicated list because uh, other people I know who were there and, and who saw people on the outside stage were curious as to who some of the other performers were, but there was no resource for anyone to go to to find out like, when anybody performed, you know, at, uh, at Blur like at any point during BlurredCon, um, I wrecked the system was headlining and I believe, I believe they put up their own flyers. I could be wrong on that. Um, but I believe like they had their own flyers up, uh, to kind of promote, you know, themselves doing it. Plus they were also officially announced, which was, which was nice. Uh, big shout out to them as well. Like uh, everyone involved with them is, is absolute fire. Um, but yeah, like it, it was just it was just kind of weird that that was that that ended up being the case. And I do hope that, you know, come next year, 
that's a little bit different. That there is a dedicated resource and an announcement, or even just a listing of who's gonna who's gonna be there. You know, like if I didn't know that if my homeboy hadn't told me that he was performing, I would have missed it because I I wouldn't have known that he was even gonna he was even gonna be out there. Um, so that's one thing I would definitely change about uh, I would definitely change about that, uh, as well as like you know this just the like the setup and making sure that everyone is on the same page so that like nobody's time is being wasted. Uh, like I'm lucky that my set was very succinct, so it was very easy for me to again to just run everything straight through. But just imagine if I needed to pause or if I if I had taken time out. Or if, if, I, if there were specific moments that I, you know, wanted to take time out to like just talk to the crowd or something, like I would, all of that would have been impacted. And I, so I hope that that's different for for next year as well. But ultimately, as I mentioned, had a great, 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 great time. So um, yeah, hope I'm invited back next year because I, I definitely, absolutely would love to uh, hit the stage again. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about just the convention itself. Uh, so, because after that moment, I was able to go and really participate in the convention and just go be part of it. And I've said this before, but BlurredCon is one of my favorite conventions to go to if it is not outright my favorite convention to go to. And that is largely because it is the experience of going there and being around the majority of other black nerds is not an experience that you really get at other conventions, especially in this area. I can't speak for how it is in other parts of the country, but I can talk about this area because I've been going to conventions around here since 2005. Between Baltimore and D.C., I've been to a number of conventions in the area, and BlurredCon is kind of one of one in that regard. Like, you might go to other conventions and you might find pockets of black people. You might find individuals. You might find individuals within other friend groups uh, that are attending the convention. But BlurCon, for me, was the first time that I can really remember being around other people who just look like me. And that is a noble and noteworthy experience. Like, regardless of how you feel about the convention or the people running the convention, that's a unique experience in and of itself. You don't get that other places. And so even with some of the criticisms of BlurredCon, some fair and some that I think are unfair, I do think that they deserve credit for that. But also that comes with the understanding that BlurredCon is bigger than any one person that runs it because it's really an environment, right? It's, it's an atmosphere. It's a family reunion. It's a, it's a day party. You know, it's, it's so many different things that just feels like home when you're black and you're there. And, you know, like even with the handful of non-black people that are there, it's not like that. It doesn't take away from the overall convention where you're, where you're able to be around people that look like you and nerd out over anime or games or TV shows, movies, um, in your cosplays, uh, uh, music. Like there's so there's so much there's so much there's so much there that is just awesome. And so like I just want to say on the front end, I do think Blur Blurcon deserves a lot of credit for that, and it's a big reason why it's my favorite convention. And this year was really no different. Uh, one of the first panels I went to uh, were three black people talking about their experiences in theater, and like there's no other convention. No other like convention in the vein of like BlurredCon, I should say, outside of like a theater specific one. Uh, but there's no other there's no other convention that really 
like I feel like I could go to and like get that. Where it's three black people, not one among, not one black person among a list of a panel of like five, but three of them. It's crazy, and their panel was also really, really awesome, and they had some really, really good information. Uh, some really good information. I think a lot of the panels that did exist this year were great. Um, it really sucks that so many of them were taking place at or around the same time that I didn't really get an opportunity to, to go to everything that I really, really wanted to go to. Um, but there were some great panels on mental health, on cosplay, on uh, if you are a parent who is attending a convention like, like this for the first time. Because I do think that that is especially noteworthy now that people who are in my age range are not only being more open with their nerdiness, but now they are having children and, and raising young children who are able to fully embrace their blurred identities from a really, really young age. And even in that regard, there are parents who are raising children who are blurred and they themselves are not, at least not, not in the same vein as like they keep up with uh, the, the usual fandoms that you see at this uh, at these type of events. And so I think panels like that are very beneficial and very helpful. Um, there was a panel on NFTs and like, I don't support NFTs. Let me say that straight up. I do not support NFTs. Uh, if you ever see my name affiliated with an, with an NFT, it is not official and it is not anything that I am on board with or that I support. I am. This is not a pro NFT thing. But I do think that there is good it, there is good in having information sessions about it because they are very confusing, like what exactly it is. And I do think that there is, uh, there, <clears throat> excuse me, there is value in having those types of information sessions that allow people to understand what they are, what they do, what they're used for, and perhaps ways in which they can be beneficial. Because even though I don't support NFTs, I know that there are artists who have uh, who have managed to uh, greatly improve their uh, their artistry or like their their value of their art and their their stuff basically, um, and they've they've managed to do some good stuff with NFTs. So I'm happy for them. And if like if BlurCon is going to have panels like that, even though like I said I don't support them, like I was not there. Did not watch any of the sessions, but if you can have those kind of information sessions, I think those are I think those are like totally, totally, totally valid. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other panels. The Blurred Sing Along was cool. If you are someone who is a who's like a, who is a theater kid, and you like really enjoy musicals, and you just enjoy music in general because they play like a number of different things, then that yeah, that was an awesome panel to go to. I will say though, I will say I did have one beef with uh that panel in particular um and that is how are you going to come to the dc area i don't know where the panelists are from so like, I'm, I'm not gonna assume but you're in the dc area right and you're you're at the home of our biggest rap star is wale he is the biggest rapper to come out of this area and you have the nerve to play no hands at your sing-along but you don't play the full song like you did with the song from Encanto, right? You don't play the full song. You play the last eight bars of Roscoe Dash's verse in No Hands. When you should know, Wale's verse on that song is a classic rap verse. It is a classic verse. You That, that needed to be played. You should have played the whole song. But if you were going to play anything, you don't play Roscoe Dash. 
Like Wale, you're in the DC area. Come on now. But that aside, it was a very fun panel, and it kind of it, it reminded me of the the one that I attended last year, or it actually may have been 2019. I, I can't remember if it was well, which year it was, um, where they where they were doing like emo music, you know, and rock music of the 2000s. And as a former emo kid who whose first musical love has always been rock music. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that, which is why I went back this year because I, excuse me, really wanted to uh, be part of it. And even though I didn't stay for the entire the entire panel uh, because I, I had something else I needed to get to, I did stay for a lot of it, and I did think that it was it was awesome. It was it was fire, and I had a, I had a blast. I had a blast and stuff like that. But I mean, just in general, some of the panels that they that they had this year. I mean, I just I just spoke about the ones that I that I went to. Um, but there were some other panels like you know, are your favorite video game adaptations really that good? Anime Jeopardy, Melanin Edition, Hidden Justice, Vigilantism in Watchmen, Mr. Robot, Black Mirror, and The Equalizer, right? Easy Japanese, which are not learning from anime. These are just ones that are on Friday. There was a poll curious one, which I which I heard lots of good, which I heard lots of good stuff about. Um, there was a pachata class that also took place. I actually really wish I could have gone because I do love dance. I do love dance. Um, the concert was fire. All, like pretty much everyone who performed uh, saw BlurCon was was absolute fire. Um, and then like the the house party on Friday was was also really cool. Like as someone who loves house music, who is a big fan of house music, who like loves going to raves and uh, raves themselves are for me my favorite thing uh, to go to at conventions. I mean, the parties are, tend to be uh, just because of how dope they they always are. Like, it was a blast. I had I had a great time, but I do have an issue with uh, the two parties over the course of the weekend. But I'm going to get to that uh, in a bit because I don't want to talk about it here. It's 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 something that I think needs to change about the convention in general. Um, but I'll I'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later. But I did think a lot of the panels that they that they that they had this year were were absolutely fantastic. I listed a bunch of the ones from Friday. I mean, uh, Saturday there was a D and D panel, uh, uh, another geese can dance panel, dating game, uh, dangerous waifus, uh, black horror story, burlesque, black authors and filmmakers in speculative uh, fiction, uh, woke is broke part two. What's that show called? Do you know your anime? Trap nerds, anime and twerk. Like there were so many different things to do that were just super, super dope. And I give Lurkon credit for having a, a real diversity in the types of stuff that they that they offer, the kinds of panels that they that they that they offer, uh, because you don't get these at every convention you go to. You don't, and you definitely don't get them being done from uh, with black panelists. Uh, with black people who are in charge and doing them specifically about black characters or black media or a black lens to in which to view uh, these certain types of media. So I do think Blurcon gets a lot of credit uh, for, for, for that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Saturday Night's Party was also really, really fantastic, too. Um, the cosplays this year were fantastic. There were so many good ones. I feel really bad that I didn't take as many pictures this year as I really, really wanted to. Um, I did get some photos, and so there are some photos available from uh, from uh, my time there 
that will be on the Great Geek Refuge website. So make sure you go there to check them out if you're not there listening to it there. But with that being said, there were so many great cosplays, so many creative cosplays. And and honestly, that's all that's always like the best part of going to this too. Like I always take great photo I always take great photos and great inventory of the different cosplays I see at every convention. But it's always different when it's your people that are doing it because we all know that black people are always just that much more creative, right? That we are we are willing to be extra. We are willing to do the most. Uh, to, to make our cosplays really pop, to be really creative, to cross and mesh characters that we wouldn't think to cross or, or, or give an alternate take on the character or an updated take on, the, on something that perhaps we didn't think of. And even in some cases, blending them with the, with the theme of the year. So this year's theme for BlurredCon was Homecoming. And as an HBCU grad, absolutely loved it. I love seeing the marching band out there as well. Um, and it was just really like there were there was a football football player and cheerleader, you know, like and it, but it was Wakanda. It was a Wakanda football football jersey and a, and cheerleading, which kind of like made me kind of gave me the vibe of just like, oh, yeah, there's always a homecoming game when you're when you're at homecoming. You know, it's usually when your school schedules to play like a scrub so they can beat them 70 to nothing. And, you know, you can you can ride up to the sunset, like enjoying and celebrating the fact that they won. Right. Um, but there were some there were some really, really, really innovative and cool cosplays, especially uh, given that there were so there were so many different types of uh, media that had come that had come out in the in the last year. Um, I myself did my Knuckles cosplay and my Hawkeye cosplay for um for uh for the weekend which was dope i kind of wanted to be more minimalist so i did not bring my moon knight and honestly i'm thinking about finding like a a like a different way that to do it because i really do want to keep that one uh going in particular but but even with that being said like you name a piece of media that that has come out in the last year or so and like it was represented there it was super dope arcane cosplays fire miss marvel moon knight uh you know doctor strange uh <laughs> like just so many uh superman like you name you name it there were so many different type uh different cosplays uh and different characters and fandoms that were being represented and it was just it was really 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 awesome to see so uh again go check out the photos and like if my photos aren't enough if you're on social media literally just look up blurred 2022 and just sift through the hashtag and find you know, finds the the you know all of the different photos and cosplays of uh, of what took place over the course of the weekend because it really was special. It really, really, really was special. I, it's, it was yeah, it was it was it was just special. But that also just speaks to the convention in general. The convention in general is special, um, it, it, because again, as I mentioned earlier, it's not like any other convention you you can really go to you know that 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 family environment and that may change at some point but for the time being this is this is what we have and like i i want to see i want to see blurred kind like get better and i want to see them do better and i you know like i i want to be part of making it be better and the doing better part i may not be volunteering in an official capacity but I make sure I do my duty as a con goer, as an as an attendee, as a member of the press that I, that I am, 
objective in my analysis and my review of, you know, what I saw and what I experienced while I was at the convention itself, you know, I'm always going to come with like the goods, the, the good and the bad and the if there is worse, the worst um, as far as a convention. Like there's no point in me sugarcoating it. I, I don't like that's not what media should be or what should be used for. Right. You know, we have to be critical. So with that, with that said, I'm going to talk about some stuff that I that I uh, I don't think worked stuff that I I. I want to see different for next year going forward. Um, so right off the bat, like I, I really want BlurryCon to get on guidebook. I feel like it would just be much easier and a better experience for all if we're able to just download an app to our phone where we can have the schedule. And if there are changes that are being made as far as something being moved to a different room or if it's being canceled because, you know, they can't, uh, the, uh, the panelists can't do it anymore or like just whatever the case may be, then it actually, then it would be very beneficial to have guide because then you can offer those real, those updates in real time and having a physical map is, or a physical list of stuff is good, but having one that's also mobile so that it's one less thing, you know, we have to worry about finding or carrying around. I think that's also helpful. Like, yes, I had the PDF on my phone, but it's much, it's better when there's an app. Um, in addition to that, I do hope the schedule comes out a little bit sooner. Um, like sifting through, trying to figure everything out two days before the convention. Like it worked because I had the time to do that. But, you know, Oticon is in a couple weeks. And like I, I look forward to uh, attending all the stuff because Oticon always has their schedule out in advance. Other conventions always have their schedules out in advance so that, you know, the people have the option of like mapping out how they're going to go do things. Um, and so I think that would be super, super beneficial. Uh, having a list for official cosplay shoots or photo shoots. Um, I was very confused as to like when anything was. I only knew when anything was because people were in the Facebook group uh, posting when there was a Demon Slayer shoot or a Marvel DC shoot, right? And I feel like when you know that so many people are coming to cosplay and they're going to cosplay to your event, like there should be a way to streamline or like have an organized list of when and where things are going to be. So people know when to be in costume and where they need to be so that they can participate. Um, I Like next year, I'm thinking I might host a Sonic the Hedgehog cosplay meetup uh, largely because, you know, like I, 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 I walked by a ton, a ton of uh, at least one or two Dr. Eggman's. Uh, a few Sonic Tails and Knuckles. I myself was Knuckles. I saw a Rouge out there as well. Uh, so there were there were at least two different ones that were there. Um, and so like I just really feel like oh there was a Shadow. I got a picture with a Shadow cosplayer. Like and and yeah like I I, I want to do something like that for sure. But I also want to make sure that it's known and understood that like where the, that these things are happening because i know a lot of people that unfortunately missed out on cosplay sheets because they just didn't know that it was happening and so i want to like that should also be implemented uh and be part of uh whatever like uh the plans for next year uh furthermore i like i think there needs to be a distinction between the mask and the badge i don't think masks are bad i wore my mask the entire weekend and I do believe that is part, like that is part of the reason that um, that I did not 
catch COVID like uh, some other people that I know uh, this weekend, unfortunately, did. Uh, I hope they are all resting and recovering, too. And I, and, and I hope all, everyone else, even the people I don't know, uh, same ordeal. But, but I know that as a cosplayer, uh, a lot of times when you're going to cosplay as a character and you know that a convention has a, has a mask requirement, you're going to color coordinate a mask that works with it. Having the badge, having the mask be the badge is a cool idea, but like it doesn't work if I have a uh, cosplay that, that, I'm, that I'm wearing a specific mask for um, or that I'm color coding to, for. Not to mention, like, if you're someone like me who likes to keep souvenirs of your badges, so like I have badges from previous Blurred Cons, from previous other conventions that I've attended, then a mask is not really that much of a keepsake. Like, I still have my mask from last year, but I do think a physical badge would be nice uh, to, to have. Um, so I hope that that ends up being the case. Uh, and lastly, the last thing, the last thing that I want to see improved uh, for next year is I would like there to be an improvement with security, especially in the evening time in particular. So, like, we're lucky that, as far as I know, there haven't been any major incidents uh, where anyone was hurt or assaulted or anything like that. However, at both the rave, at both the rave on Friday, the house party Friday, and the the other party on Saturday, there were children in attendance for uh, both of these, right? And while I don't think that it's unfair. I like, I don't think it's unfair to say that children shouldn't be there after a certain time. I, I be that nine, 10, 11 o'clock. Like you can make the distinction, whatever you would like it to be. Uh, but I don't think children should be there, especially when there are going to be other, when there are going to be things that are going on that perhaps their parents might not want them to see or be part of. Like for example, at the Saturday party, there were lap dances that were that were taking place on stage. There was a dominatrix. You know, there were there were lots of things that you know. While like you don't want to dissuade young people from exploring or learning about these things, uh, it, it's it's weird when, to be like an adult in a space where adult things are happening, but there are also children there. And so, I don't know if that's something that needs to change. But even even in addition to that, I think there there needs to be a better job of just enforcing masks. Uh, but also making sure that uh, that you know just the people that are that are part of the people that are participating in this in this stuff are actually congoers. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I'm very very fortunate that when I that like every time I went downstairs that I didn't see anyone that I didn't that I didn't normally see at at the convention. So I'm not saying that there were people in there who were like not part of the convention who were who were just there and walking around. But I am saying that I do think there needs to be a better job done as far as security uh, with masks and making sure that the people that are attending are congoers. I made sure that I brought my mask with me everywhere that I went and I had it on whenever I was in the con space. One, because that was the rule. But two, I didn't I also didn't want to catch COVID or any other kind of illness uh, in, in that regard. So I would like to see like a better enforcement of that. 
And that's not, and honestly, that's not even just related to the nighttime policy with the mask thing, because there were people during the course of the day who were just walking around the convention without masks on. And like, that sucks. <laughs> like that, that should not be the case. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. Uh, but it was unfortunately that so many people were just walking around maskless and there was there were there weren't a ton of people that I saw really enforcing the mask policy. But also, um, in addition to that, too, I don't think that there should be children at like stuff like the the the, the nightly raves or the nightly dancing or anything like this stuff where there are going to be adults and they're going to be interacting with adults. I don't think that that needs to be the case. I mean, you can perhaps maybe even have something that can specifically be for young people, like if they want to do something and it's like nine o'clock and like their parents are okay with it, then like, cool. You can, th there should be something there then, you know, you can make something separate, but for the most part, it should be kept separate, like adults and children at that, at that point, like the dances, um, and, and all, most of the nighttime stuff should be like reserved for adults only. So, uh, cause I, I was, I was really alarmed to see that there were children at both events that I went to, um, I fortunately didn't, I mean, I didn't run into, no one I know interacted with them or really didn't, like nothing happened as far as I know, but that shouldn't even be a, be a thing as far as I'm concerned. So fingers crossed that that's something that also ends up getting changed for next year. So I say all that to say overall BlurredCon 2022 was a success. It was a, it was a great time. It was a, it, it was it was it was really awesome. And actually, before I was about to get out of here, but actually, before I do that, I do need to talk about the controversy because, unfortunately, if there's BlurredCon, there seems like there's going to be controversy. So last year, it was the cosplay contest winner. That was the thing that kind of got out and even got even outside of the nerd community because. There were people who are very much not part of this community who were opining or talking about it, so on and so forth. Um, and unfortunately, like this year, there is another controversy, but not with the cosplay contest. So I was at the closing ceremonies where they spoke about the event and they also, you know, announced the theme for next year. And like, if you pay attention to black spaces online, like it's not surprising the theme that they chose. But the controversy is not necessarily with the theme itself, but the announcement of it. So in case you're unfamiliar, they're doing a Black Fae theme for next year. Uh, and they're calling it Fade to Black. F-A-E apostrophe D. Fade to Black. Which is kind of dope. It's really dope. And also makes sense considering the success and the popularity of Black Fae Day the last two years. I plan on participating in Black Fae Day next year. But... The issue came up when they announced that they were doing this in collaboration with Black Fade Day, which turned out to be news to everyone, including the members of Black Fade Day who were at BlurredCon, right? So that's an issue, right? It, and like maybe it was just a misspeaking and there should with you know what was meant to be said was we hope to collaborate with them. For this theme, we were very we were very much inspired by what they did. That we want to we want to you know make that a theme for this year, and we hope to collect to get them involved in it because I feel like that would have come across a little bit better than announcing you're doing it, and then they have to come out and say like we're honored, but we had no idea this was happening. We're not working with Blurcon in any official capacity, right? 
But like, this is like one of the areas that I mean, honestly, I should add this on to the list I just did. It's one of the areas where you would like you would like to see this be different for next year, because in many ways it does take away from the convention. You know, where instead of talking about how great the convention was, how great the people were, how great the cosplays and the food trucks and just the atmosphere of the entire weekend was, we're talking about controversy, right? Now, at the time of recording, Blurcon has not said anything in response to Black Fayday's uh, comment uh, statement saying that they are not working. However... Uh, the founder of BlurredCon, Hilton, is going to be uh, is going to be doing a I guess a press conference of some sort, uh, kind of in the aftermath, and perhaps uh, I will add on some commentary at the end here uh, if he if he addresses this in that. But at the time of recording, BlurredCon has not said anything in response to Black Fayday. And they absolutely do need to, because this is the second year that it it really sounds like that they are stealing a theme um, that would had been done with someone else. And like obviously the people who have been doing it, like they don't own it, but they're the ones who had been doing it, right? They they're the ones who kind of brought it to the forefront, and they're responsible for us having Black Friday uh, and whatnot, right? So like it just the optics of it look really bad. And the, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to get into the game of saying, well, we don't care if we have bad optics, right? Like you want to make, make sure you maintain a good working relationship with the people who are attending, right? Because like defending BlurredCon at this point is like a difficult thing to do. You know, I kind of, I like, I, I won't say that I necessarily defend it, but the thing I do tell people is there is a, a distinct difference between the way people talk about blurred con on the internet and the experience of the convention itself right the way that the way that you know people talk about blurred con on in on, on online spaces a lot of time it's as if that you know it's a convention where everyone there is just like worshiping whiteness or you know being really anti-black or or whatever the case may be and that's not the case the convention, the convention is ultimately really black. There are not a, there are not a lot of non-black people that are there, right? Like you, you're still getting a largely black experience while you're at the convention. It's very different than again the way people talk about it, and I do think that that is a distinction that needs to be made. Now, with that being said, that does not mean that BlurCon is without criticism, because I do think that there are a lot of valid criticisms about blurred con especially if you're going to talk about the ways in which black non-men are uh, are protected in that space there was a whole thing about that last year i don't, I, I listened to last year's episode about uh about blurred con if you want to know more about that but yeah like there, there are valid criticisms with the with the convention like it's not it's absolutely not perfect but the, the the last thing you want to keep ha- you want to see keep happening is just this these constant controversies where it's just constantly you know not talking about the convention but talking about someone misspeaking or what someone did here or said here so like i i do hope that they that it, it gets addressed uh in that like i was about to call it the state of the union i forget what it's called but like the press conference or whatever the live that's happening later and if there is, and if there is something that's in there, I will add an update at this point. 
All right, everyone. So uh, we do have an update. Hilton did, in fact, go live and address the controversy as part of his recap of the convention this year. And I got to say that I didn't find Hilton's explanation to be very compelling. It'd be understandable if it were just uh, like misspeak or, you know, you just wanted to say that your intention was to was to want to work with them. Uh, you know, given that this was the theme that you all chose for next year's convention. However, it just nothing he said really, you know, kind of eased my or anyone else's concerns. And honestly, like there were several times where it kind of sounded like shots were being taken at Black Friday. I'm not saying that that was the intention be, uh, behind it, but there were definite shots that were taken at the organization, at people who were a part of that community, uh, part of that fandom. And I don't think BlurCon honestly looks all that great in the aftermath of it. And in addition to that, uh, Jasmine, the uh, founder of Black Friday, uh, also released a statement on her social media, uh, kind of, you know, initially being much nicer than she needed to be, but ultimately, like, just addressing everything head on and, and not really holding back in the ways that she had been in regards to her public statements between the announcement on Sunday and, uh, you know, the, the date of Hilton's Live. So, um, yeah, this is, this is uh, kind of a mess. Uh, I honestly hoped that there would have been a much better explanation but it does appear like this is going to be uh, yet another year where controversy is going to, in many ways, taint uh, the greatness of the convention that we just experienced. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the coming months. Uh, Black Fade did say that they have their own uh, level, that they, they have their own uh, events and projects that they are going to be doing in the next couple of weeks. I will definitely be on the lookout for those. And it sounds like BlurredCon is going to continue moving forward uh, with this. Uh, it's it's really sad because this really could have been a much simpler situation than what it was. This did not have to happen. And that's the thing that I definitely believe after reading everything Jasmine said and after hearing Hilton's live. I, I don't believe that this necessarily had to happen. I, I do believe that Jasmine gave uh, Hilton and BlurredCon many opportunities to you know, form community, to form bonds, to, to, you know, really, you know, make this a collaborative thing. And, you know, the, the, the screenshots in particular were really the most damning thing, because when you see the nature of their interactions, uh, it doesn't make sense that you can have that kind of community, that kind of communication with someone and you opt to not bring it up in that moment especially after finding out that, that person won't be attending the convention, which is when you wanted to talk to them, but their representatives were, and you didn't take advantage of that either. I don't think that that is necessarily great. Um, it's definitely not how you do business. And if you do want to make it a collaboration, like it actually has to have, it has to be a collaboration. It can't be something that you yourself just kind of, keep your fingerprints on and you're the only person who, you know, gets to kind of control that. Um, honestly, I think a much better way to have handled this would have been to let Jasmine make the announcement. You know, you could have let uh, Jasmine know, you could have kind of worked it out over the course of the weekend, set up, set up a phone call, you know, just a, a few minutes where you could have sat down and discussed because there was obviously some level of communication 
uh, because there were multiple screenshots from the conversation that clearly took, they clearly shows that it took place over the course of the weekend. Um, and so like, it would have been very easy to just, you know, say something to, 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 to say something to her or say something to her, uh, the representatives. Um, and also not be preemptive with the announcement. You could have said that, that like I've I've been thinking about this. There there are more than a few different ways in which you could have discussed uh, the faith theme or wanting to do a faith theme, even if you yourself have not uh, fully formed that creation that uh, collaborative effort from Black Fay Day. So what you could have said if you had not had the time to sit down with Jasmine and the others. Uh, would have been like we're you know we're going to do a magic you know fantasy theme for next year and we would love to you know we were so inspired by what we've seen from Black Fade that you know we hope to you know include and collaborate with them on this and you know get them involved and and make it make it more of a generic you know fantasy thing for next year instead of specifically using Fae. Because it does look bad when in your in your explanation you say that you know you were inspired by how many uh, char- uh, fantasy characters were popping up in, in shows like uh, like The Witcher and and some others, um, and instead of just making a, a generic theme, you specifically mentioned Faye, which you know Faye were not among the characters that were mentioned when you talked about black vampires. Um, and black uh, and uh, like black magicians and like people in the black people black characters in the fantasy realm like fey characters did not come up so it does sound really suspicious when you just announce it and you say it's like a generic a general fantasy thing uh but it's 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 not you're specifically using fey and even though like uh, bfd don't own like they don't own the idea of black people being fey or dressing or cosplaying as as fey like it, it, you can't say that prior to 2021 that there were a ton of black people that were doing that were really participating in black fay anything, you know. Jasmine and and her collaborators were were, you know, really the ones that that kind of turned into a, a big thing, and we've seen other themed days like like BIPOC Vamp Day, kind of pop up also being inspired by Black Fay Day. And honestly, now that I think about it, that showcases that showcases right there an example of how you can you can be inspired by something but also not tread on them in creating your thing that was inspired by them. Right? Uh, I the, the it's it's really wild because uh, so much of what Hilton said kind of like it kind of sounded like you know we're doing you a favor by doing this for you, and there's no there's no you know there's no second guessing that like BlurCon is a huge platform, a huge convention, but the 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 problem is like stuff like this you know keeps happening, right? Like it, it just it keeps popping up. Uh, it was the cosplay stuff that last year. It was you know this this year, and you know maybe we're fortunate that this is likely not going to get outside of our community in the way that the cosplay controversy did. Uh, but it's, it's a shame also that, you know, that instead of this being handled in community and, and being handled in a way that benefits everyone, because the, the one thing that Jasmine had made clear in several of her statements is 
you know, this should be a collaborative community thing so that it's something that can benefit everyone. You know, that that's what it should be. But unfortunately, it's it, it, it seems more like, you know, big bank co-opting the efforts of little bank, you know, and that should not be the case. That should not feel that way. We should want it to be better. And the fact is, part of the reason so many of us speak so earnestly about BlurredCon is because of that. We want it. We want BlurredCon to be so much better than it is because it is a unique experience. There is no other convention like it. You know, I've I said this on the you know when I recorded the first half of the podcast. There's really nothing else like it. I don't get this experience when I go to the other local cons. I don't get this experience when I go to conventions outside of this area. This convention really is a one of one, and there's so much good that can be done. But it would be a damn shame if all this good got done, but it got done after exploiting the very community that it wants to support, that it claims that it wants to support. That should not be the case. I have uh, you know, so much more to say. I actually am thinking about doing a separate uh, podcast episode to really talk about this a little bit more in depth. But I just wanted to kind of add this, add this in. Uh, so with that said, I will uh, take you to the outro. But with all that being said, I had a great time at BlurCon 2022. I cannot wait to go back next year. I do plan on being there next year. I do plan on being in uh, Faye Cosplay next year. And if you have yet to attend BlurCon, I do think it is a convention worth attending and seeing for yourself and experiencing for yourself so you can, you can see for yourself whether it's a convention that you think is worth supporting. I do think that overall it is a net positive, even though it is a convention that has issues. And it is a convention that, that, that can improve and be better. But by that same token, I don't think I don't think it's fully fair to be harsher on BlurredCon than we are about some other conventions that are run by non-black people. And that isn't that, that, that isn't me saying, well, if they get to be problematic, we should too. It's not it's not necessarily that. It's that you want to give conventions an opportunity to grow and be better and to do better. Right. In many ways, BlurredCon has done better and gotten better since its inaugural year in 2017. Right. It's it's gotten a lot better. There have a lot of changes that have that have been made. And the thing you can hope for is that they continue to do that, that 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 uh, the the Hilton and others listen and find ways to to make the convention better. It's not it's not going to be perfect, but we can make it better than what it is. And that's that's really all you can hope for. So with all that being said, I'm going to thank all of you all for listening to another episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks. Uh, make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as several of our others. Make sure you're following The Great Geek Refuge on all of our social media. We are Great Geek Refuge on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and if you'd like to support us, Patreon as well. And I will have I will try to have a new episode out next week. I recorded a four-hour episode reviewing the flash with two awesome people that obviously needs to be edited down and i'm working on that right now so uh that will likely be the next thing you see and the goal is to have like consistent releases for the rest of the rest of this month and the rest of the year as well i have a list of stuff that i know that i'm going to review and that I talk about have some discussions have some interviews as well so uh yeah See y'all on the flip side. Thank you all for listening. Peace.
This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>